Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Welcome to Episode 3 of the Sword and Shield Podcast. I'm Colonel Rick Erridge, and today I'm joined by... Chief Master Sergeant uh, Chris Howard. Thanks, Chief, and I'm glad to be back with you again to have our next discussion. Same here, sir. Uh, we're, we're getting some great feedback out there. Keep it coming. And we wanted to spend some more time and do another episode on the finer points of development and promotion that we talked about last episode. And we're going to try something new here. We're going to use a keyword somewhere within this podcast. And once you hear that, you'll have instructions on what to do with that keyword. And we're going to do a random drawing of all the people that successfully follow instructions and have the right keyword. And we'll draw someone that's going to be able to get a two-hour pass to use on the UTA subject to your supervisor's approval still. You can't flash it like a Monopoly get-out-of-jail card. But it will be an opportunity for um, for somebody to uh, listen to the podcast and hopefully enjoy it and then get an opportunity to be um, incentivized and rewarded for it. I think that sounds exciting, sir. That's excellent. All right, so we're going to jump right into it here. I know we talked a lot about the nuts and bolts last, last episode about enlisted promotion. And you can find a lot of those uh, rules and and information in the AFI. We're going to talk more of the finer points and some of the expectations that we think um, that really help people be prepared and be ready when it's your time. Right. I think uh, setting expectations in the beginning, uh, much like when we're talking about a um, uh, performance report cycle, is very important. You know, we use ACAs, but uh, even when we're talking about development, um, leadership and supervisors really need to lay out what some of those expectations are. So it kind of leads me to what are some of your expectations, sir, of your senior enlisted leadership? Yeah, great question. And I think I'm going to talk about it in general terms. Uh, I expect the same things from our enlisted leaders as I do our officers and our civilian employees as well. And first and foremost, again, we talked a little bit about it last time, but it's performance, right? The The reason we're here is is to do a mission, and that mission is performing. And under that performance umbrella, there's a lot of different things, and that includes being a good teammate. Right. And being a leader to lead at your level. It's really important to find a way um, to lead, and sometimes leading is by following too and getting out of the way. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I expect folks to take initiative, find opportunities to improve processes and innovate, and hopefully you're given enough space to do that. And we're really working on that and trying to change the culture in the Air Force to be more um, receptive to risk-taking. And um, frankly, just, you know, we should be allowed to fail and, and pick up pieces and put it back together and try different Yes, sir. I mean, yeah, I think that's a key piece there, right? Um, we talk about uh, failure and, you know, our arena, we don't like to use the term failure, right? Um, we can make mistakes and we can learn from them, um, you know, but we want to give enough space that uh, we can control what that looks like as well as uh, making sure that we recover quickly, right? Um, some of the issues is just 
fail and forget is just a, a complete failure. Um, a uh, idea that doesn't meet the mark, which can be considered a failure, but we learn from it and are able to move past it and take that uh, that feedback to improve the process or improve the action. That's not a true failure. That's a learning point, right? Yeah, I think it's exciting too, as, as I'm hearing our senior leaders talk about risk-taking and and allowing us to have that space to do that. So I think we need to continue to to push that and try to change that culture to make us um, to make us more an effective fighting force. Yes, sir, uh, a lot of times uh, when, I, when I was growing up uh, as a young enlisted member, um, I heard the term fire and forget type of uh, airman, right? Um, and we've used that term in, in a number of things. And what does that really mean in, in this kind of context? Uh, a lot of times uh, as leaders, we want uh, an end result. So... I want X, I want Y, I want Z. Um, and a fire and forget airman is one of those individuals. I can give you what that end result is, what I'm looking for. And uh, you go off and conquer it. Um, you're you're going to have those trials and tribulations. You may fail at an option. Um, you may be able to uh, learn from a couple of pieces, but I'm not um, breaking that down and giving you every single step. Um, I'm, I'm not uh, laying it out to, to the point where I'm basically doing it for you. Um, I'm giving you the end result you're going out and conquering. That's that. That's that risk space, right? That's the decision making space that uh, we're talking about. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, and I think there's different levels of failure in times, right? And as a supervisor, we expect you to engage, understand when there's more space and more risk to be taken by somebody, and really letting them do the job and just let letting them figure out how to do it and meeting your intent. And there's other times when we deal with people, we probably need to be a little tighter with what we're doing to make sure um, there's less risk to be taken there when we're talking about managing people and families. We got to be a little closer with what's going on. Right. No, great point. You know, one of uh, the things that I always keep with me personally is um, uh, I actually failed my CDCs the first time I tested. Um, and uh, my commander brought me in and said, you know, Chris, uh, it looks like um, you, you dropped the ball, right? Um, what happened? You know, we talked about some of the situations at the time and he goes, you know what, I'm going to dust you off. I'm going to hand you the football and I want you to take it across the goal line. And, uh, that was, uh, that was inspirational to me, right? You know, here I am expecting as a young airman, um, I just, I, I failed at my job because my job was to, to prepare for that CDC test. It was to, uh, learn my job's skill set, And here's an indicator that I just could not do it. And uh, my commander didn't chew me out. He didn't, uh, you know, beat me up about it. He already could see that I was beating myself up about it. So uh, he picked me up, dusted me off, uh, handed me the ball, and told me to go with it. So, you know, it, we all, all go through it, sir. And we all have those opportunities to excel is what I was always told as lieutenant and captain. Yes, sir. And, 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 and again, different grades, different expectations, different experiences, different expectations. And as a supervisor and a leader, we expect you to kind of be engaged in those folks' lives and understand when they need more and less. And right. So that's a big, that's a big uh, expectation I talk about. And finally, I'll leave you with, um, I really believe there's only two things in life you can control. And that is your attitude and your effort. That's right. And then that equals performance. So if you have a great attitude and you work really hard at it, great things are going to happen. And that means you're using the people around you, you're using your resources that you have. And if you don't have those people or resources around you that you need, the expectation again is to seek help and 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 try to find those resources and, and use the tools, systems, and institutional processes that we have in, in order to do that. 
Yes, sir. So I'd like to shift gears now and ask you a question. Last time we talked a lot of professional things, but let's talk a little bit about on the personal development side. Um, when should when's the right time to apply for PME? Or enlisted PME specifically? Yes, sir. So, you know, there's a couple of schools of thought um, when we were looking at this. Uh, the timelines really are, are fairly short between uh, one uh, one rank to the next rank, right? Um, predominantly two years to 18 months. Um, a lot of the, the PME cycles, when we talk about correspondence, uh, can take up to 18 months. Um, the longer you forego signing up for that uh, PME, um, only extends out um, your capability of potentially promoting. Right? When uh, you move into a staff sergeant role and then into tech sergeant role, um, have you completed NCOA? Um, you really want to focus on uh, getting to that uh, fairly quickly, right? Maybe not the uh, first day that you put on on uh, that stripe, um, but within a couple of months, I would say, is the prime window. Um, get the get the stripe on, get yourself settled, get your uh, head wrapped around uh, your new role, your new responsibilities, um, and then step forward and uh, take on uh, the PME. Two reasons. One is the timelines. You, you don't want to be your own worst enemy by not completing it and then eliminate a potential um, promotion or at least a, a potential opportunity for promotion. Um, you know, one of the other pieces of that is, a, is if we, we get it done fairly quickly and we hit that window, let's say that you walked in the door, uh, you've knocked out NCOA within the, uh, you've signed up within the first couple months of being a tech sergeant uh, or staff sergeant and you're ready to go. Um, and then you meet the gates for time and grade and time and service. It doesn't mean poof, I'm ready for the next rank, right? Um, but uh, getting to the PME early does two things for you. Uh, it helps develop you as far as uh, the theoretical side of, of leadership of, of that tier uh, of those ranks. And then it also tells uh, leadership that you're serious about uh, your prof uh, professional military career and that you're putting forth the effort and the education that's been uh, set out in front of you. Um, senior NCOA is a big one, right? Uh, that tends to be one of the, the biggest laggers that we have uh, within the enlisted promotion cycle. Um, and uh, people could wait two, five years sometimes. Um, and that... It depends on the personal side of the house, but uh, what it really does is it starts to stifle some of those opportunities um, past master, right? Uh, when you're looking for that senior stripe, um, you're just not going to have those opportunities without actually having senior NCOA done. Um, the other um, drawback is, is um, there's some myths out there that uh, in residence is better than by correspondence. Um, there are some good arguments to be made that in residence is, is a better from a networking capability, um, an applicable um, application uh, from the school itself, uh, that it may be a little bit easier in some cases. Um, but the reality is, is that uh, you get some tangible items out of it, but by waiting because of the, the cycle and the availability of seats, you're actually doing yourself a disservice by waiting too long. What I personally advocate to, to my enlisted uh, airmen is I want you to do the correspondence so that we can get that taken care of, right? Um, that doesn't mean I cannot fight for a seat for you to do it in residence as well. Double down. Learn a little bit more. Um, get Take the opportunity to... Um, uh, actually go to the class, but don't um, put yourself behind the eight ball or at a disadvantage by not completing it. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, great advice. When I was a young captain, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Glenn Weaver told me, 
how come I hadn't applied for SOS by correspondence yet? And I like, he just pinned me on like a month and I wasn't even thinking about it. But what that taught me was you never know what's going to happen. You should always be prepared for every door that's going to open. And by taking care of your PME early and often, then you know that you're ready. Maybe you're not personally ready, but somebody maybe thinks you're ready and they're ready to push you. And maybe you don't think you, uh, you're going to pursue something in the future. Maybe life's changes. I had one very good friend of mine who was going to retire as Lieutenant Colonel AGR, wasn't going to do his Air War College, happily married, daughter was going to get ready to graduate high school, ends up in a divorce situation. Now he wants to try to make 06, doesn't have enough time to do his Air War College. Right. Um, daughter says, I'm going to college out of state. So there's no reason for him to stay there. He put himself in a position where he didn't have the flexibility to continue his career. And that's what I want to tell our enlisted folks, too, is enroll in your PME right away. Knock it out. Get it done. And if you believe and leadership thinks that that experience in residence is really important for you, then do them both. Right. I mean, I did them both. I did SOS correspondence and in residence. And I did senior development education, correspondence and residence, and they were completely different experiences for me. And I learned in both environments. No, completely understand. I think COVID is a good example of why um, waiting for those opportunities uh, is problematic as well. Um, you know, if uh, we were waiting for courses, all these courses started going away. Um, we're having to put in waivers for people to actually uh, execute or to be able to promote because they weren't able to take the test. You know, if we wait too long, you don't know what uh, the environment's going to change up. I, I hate to make it seem like it's box checking because it's not it's it's uh something that you're definitely going to learn from but without having that that opportunity could be very uh a distance and uh in certain cases I mean, we can all come up with an example of where one of our stellar airmen i was ready to move them forward and i just couldn't because um they didn't have it done and now they, they're not even enrolled so this window where i can hire for this position may only be for a month you're not going to get senior NCOA knocked out in a month. I mean, you might, um, but you're really not learning. You're cramming, right? And you're trying to do your best. And and uh, I don't advocate for that by any means, but uh, that's almost a bridge too far in most cases. Yeah, I agree. I mean, make sure you're ready as an individual. Um, and, and and I think you, um, so you bring up a good point about the box check, and we hear that a lot on the officer side. Um, the institution believes that PME is important. Yes. So we believe... PME is important and we believe that you do learn things from it, whether, you know, I know Air War College for me was super painful, but when I went in residence, I reached back on that, on that learning that I had and was able to pull that forward into what I'm doing now. Right. No. And, and when uh, I can bring up a number, number of examples where um, when we talk about inclination um, in PME um, specifically, uh, I've leveraged the matrix that I, I was taught in ALS and NCOA and senior NCO number of times of where they are sitting as far as those boxes, right? Are they inclined? Are they knowledgeable? Uh, are they engaged? You know, and, and what kind of um, skill set as a leader I have to use, whether it's coaching, whether it's, um, you know, being more uh, uh, demanding uh, as a leader. All right. So I'm going to, we're going to take a, a quick um, shift gears here. And our public affairs officer, Samantha, is going to share with you the keyword for us to. Uh, so here's, so here's what we need you to do. And uh, Sam's going to tell you. Sam, over to you. 
Thanks, Colonel Larridge. So what y'all are going to do is you're going to submit the keyword, which is gladiator, to the 960th government org box, which that email address is 960cw.pa.pa at us.af.mil. That email address is in the global. If you just look for 960cw slash PA, it should come right up. The other way you can submit for the the keyword is to go to the AF Connect app. So if if you add 960th as a favorite, you can go to the function called share your thoughts. Make sure you fill fill in the optional blocks just because we need to know who you are so you can get your reward. And all submissions are due by Sunday of the July UTA. So that means I will take submissions up till midnight. Thank you. And back to you, Colonel Larridge and Chief Howard. And then we're going to do a random drawing. And for everybody that answered the keyword correctly, and then we'll share that, uh, we'll share that with everybody about who the winner was, and then you can present that um, to our pass to your supervisor to use at your at you and your supervisor's discretion. Awesome. And if I can, I want to take a moment to thank uh, Sam as being our audio engineer and having to to kind of listen to us on a regular basis. Uh, She makes a lot of this happen for us. So thank you, Sam, uh, and thanks for being part of this. And producer and executive producer and <laughs> editor and <laughs> director director and all we do is we walk in here, sit down and start talking and we get up and leave and she makes all the magic happen. So, all right, Chief, we're reaching uh, towards the end of the podcast again, but I do want to address one other topic and I want your thoughts on where some of our enlisted folks should think about fitting in their civilian education and or um, how the CCF kind of fits into their overall personal and professional development. Right. Uh, So over the years, we've had a back and forth when it comes to the CCAF specifically, right? Um, Why is it important? Why is it not important? Um, How does that rack and stack with the civilian education? Well, I already have a bachelor's. I already have a master's. Why do I need a CCAF? Um, The uh, mentorship that I always got over the years was the CCAF is not about the education. Um, I mean, it is partially about the education. That's why it's accredited. That's why, um, you know, air universities spend so much time with it. but it's also specifically meant that uh, you're taking the time to add a little bit of education towards your career. Each one of those CCAFs that you uh, receive is based on your AFSC and that skill set. So the CCAF is really about um, taking the time to refine your knowledge in your career field and be part of uh, a little bit more of uh, moving the ball uh, in that particular arena and being that SME. Um, Where that rolls in with your civilian education is also a starting point. Uh, For a young airman who might not um, have decided to go to college right out the gate for whatever reason, personal, financial, whatever it is, um, at least it gets you the starter road, right? So it's kind of that gateway drug towards a civilian education, as they would say. Um, It's supposed to spur the the idea and the love of knowledge. You know, therefore, force really encapsulates the fact that we want to be very knowledgeable. We want to be um, highly technical. And one of the ways that we can use that in the continuum of education and learning um, is not just the OJT, not just the hands-on piece, not just the the CFETP items that we have to learn, but then on top of that, the extended learning for critical thinking. Uh, When we talk about uh, college, why is college important? Um, It comes to the critical thinking piece, right? We teach very technical uh, skill sets. We teach very checklist oriented uh, skill sets and we teach individuals to know what's in this book Um, by doing a multi set uh, 
classroom environment or some of these other things required with the CCF and then into your bachelor's and master's degrees and doctorates for some of those is that critical thinking, being able to, to correlate multiple items from different um, genres and pull it all together. Sir. Yeah, that's great. And I, I really do believe that that everybody takes their own path and that path is completely fine, right? They need to find what works for them and, and when the right time is for them in their life. And, and it's going to be different for everybody, but the, the continuum of learning you talked about is really important. Yes, and, and clearly what we're expecting out of our airmen today is much different than when I joined the air force 26 years ago, it was just, um, you know, get your CDCs, get your upgrade training and then get a CCF. Right. That was it. Right. It was a, it was a, it was kind of almost box checking. Um, and then as we transitioned from, old school performance and old school thought on um, that well-rounded airman, the whole airman concept really comes into play. And that's where the CCAF uh, thought process and the learning continuum has changed. Um, we're no longer just about a box. Here's the minimums. Uh, the idea is consistency and the continuum of, of learning there, sir. And the other thing that you, that you nailed, I think is really, really important is a critical thinking. Yes, sir. And, and we're so lean right now, and so many people are the one program manager or the one SME for their program that we expect people to think really hard about it and and apply problem-solving techniques and tools. And you get a lot of that, and you get that broad education through a number of venues, and some of that CCF, some of that is personal experience, some of that is your mentoring, and some of that is some civilian education. And, sure. and our institution is set up to really support people with tuition assistance. And um, right now, too, there's a number of organizations that are doing scholarships for military people, and there's a lot of resources out there for people that um, maybe want to do it, but uh, have different roadblocks. Right. Well, there's different programs, scholarships, like I said, Air Force Cool. Um, there's ways of uh, testing out based on your CFETP as well. Um, some of it requires some of your own, own money, but um, there's a lot of uh, free uh, teaching out there. LinkedIn is another example of some places. Uh, there's a number of certifications, especially in cyber, not just from a, a cyber perspective, but leadership and development, human resources for leaders. Um, it, it's... it's um, an, it's almost like the wild, wild west uh, of opportunities out there, you know? It's really great right now. There's tons of those opportunities. And to kind of wrap it all up, I guess my final expectation is that we expect people to invest in themselves. And some of that is through what, what the institution or the Air Force provides, and some of that is personal development and, and finding their way. And, and we really want to encourage that. And especially as traditional reservists, we don't have touch points with everybody all the time. And so trying to keep people engaged on investing in themselves, you know, physically and mentally through any of these avenues is really important in their development and really shows a well-rounded, you know, whole airman. Yes, sir. And the commitment to uh, the mission and commitment to themselves. Yeah. And, and I think the more educated you are, the better the organization gets and becomes and, and can stay focused on really mission accomplishment. Yes, sir. All right, Chief, do you have any, uh, I'm going to leave you with uh, final parts for this final episode. <laughs> Copy. Um, all I'd like to leave it with is um, remember that this is a continuum, right? Um, and it's not linear. Uh, it's not one path. It's not one way. It's not going to be the same for everybody. We all have our own story. We all have our own pathway. Um, and we're going to have to take different uh, forks in the road to get to where we're going to get to uh, in the end, right? Um, sometimes uh, it's about balancing what uh, your goal is with what the, the unit's goal or um, the Air Force goal for you. Um, a lot of times you can find correlations there to get to where you want to be. Um, 
but don't be afraid, right? Talk to a mentor, talk to your leadership, um, talk to your friend about uh, some of the options you might have and find what pathway works best for you, your family, um, and then coincides uh, with what your goals might be militarily. So that's all I really had, sir. All right, excellent. And uh, we'll be back with uh, episode four next week. Yeah, look forward to it, sir. <laughs>